The thing about disappointment and success is that if we react to them incorrectly, one will cause us to shrink back in fear or despair, and the other one will make us sit back in complacency. Welcome to the CDM Podcast, a production of Contagious Disciple Making. We exist to catalyze movement through coaching, community, and communication. We created this podcast to help everyday Christians become world-changing disciple-makers. I'm Paul Watson, this is Rebecca Ewing, and you're listening to the CDM Podcast. Like, share, five-star rate, review this podcast. You can listen to our full premium content by becoming a $5 a month supporter on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash faithworks, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash faithworks, or click on the link in the description. To those of you who support this podcast, thank you. Your support helps us put tools in the hands of men and women like you who want to experience a disciple-making movement in their own neighborhood. Now, tomorrow, at least at the time of this recording, we have an election in the United States. Right. And there's a lot riding on it, right? There's a yeah, lot of no rumors joke. of riots and contesting the results, not to mention the results of an election and the choices that will be made by those the administration that wins. So here's here's a question that Paul and I have for as a challenge and a question to all those that are listening. Yeah. What will you do? Win yeah. or lose when it comes to that? That's what really matters, right? It's it's we're founded, even the United States is founded as a country on individual on each individual playing their part in what makes us great. And it's going to be us choosing to do the right things regardless of the overall story that is going to carry America forward. And more importantly, that's going to see God's kingdom come and his will be done on, on in the United States as it is in heaven. It's not a government that does it. It's not a denomination that does it. It's not it's not those big things, those monoliths. It's each of us playing our part, doing what God called us to do to see that happen. So really we're disciple-making and then also uh, in, in seeking movement and then also things that we want to see happen in our nation uh, across uh, the country have in common is that we're seeking a large goal. We're seeking mm-hmm. a big prize we're seeking the kingdom to, uh, to for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the thing is, is that whenever you're pushing, to, pushing towards this prize, what really makes or breaks a person as they're doing it is how they respond to disappointment, mm-hmm. success, and the mundane in order mm-hmm. to be able to actually see that prize happen. Because let me tell you guys, you know, whatever happens tomorrow, we're going to be experiencing one of the two things. We're going to personally, and everybody is going to be have perhaps a different level of one or the other. There'll be people who will be bitterly disappointed. There'll be people who will be completely elated because this is what they'll, and I guess technically there might be some people that are just simply relieved and maybe not mm-hmm. completely rela- uh, uh, elated, but at least somewhat relieved. And so the reality is, is what do we do at that moment? You know, I, about four to five years ago now, uh, you know, helped out with a campaign. I put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears behind it, a lot of prayers. I really believed it's what God wanted. I really believed in my cause and things like that. And guess what? 
it didn't work out. <laughs> uh, my candidate did not win. And I, I can tell you that that night that our campaign stopped was a horrible night for me. I was horribly discouraged. I was like, that's it. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. You know, this is, it, everything's useless and hopeless. Well, the next morning I woke up. Did I still feel, feel terrible? Absolutely. I still felt terrible. But however, I thought to myself, has the cause changed? Has the need changed? No. Okay. Well, then I need to keep going. So that leads us to the first thing is what will you do with disappointment? So the first one is, and, and you know, disappointment could be rejection. It could be others quitting. And this is both in disciple making and also in the election. It could be, so obviously tomorrow will be, you know, your guy or your administration winning or losing, uh, you know, or I guess in the disappointment factoring losing, you know, it's like, that's the disappointment. But in disciple making, it could be just the fact that you received rejection. You've poured into somebody for a while and they're just, they're not, they're just continuing to not want to talk about Jesus or anything like that. Yes, and one of the other uh, sources of disappointment could be others quitting on you. I mean, I can't tell you in all the years that I've been been working towards disciple making movement, I've poured my life into many believers, and and some of them just sit there and look at me and go, "I don't want to do this anymore," and they just withdraw and they go back to living their everyday ordinary lives without a focus on making disciples, and that's heartbreaking when you you realize that they're now walking in disobedience to what the Lord has commanded them to do, but also in the fact that you've lost a friend and somebody you've invested a, a significant amount of time into. Or it could be, and this is really directly related to another, lack of results or personal failure. You know, mm-hmm. you've been investing in the same people for a while and it's, nothing's happening. You've gone to a certain people group and they're just, you haven't been able to find a good in. Nobody has started a DBS in a while or the DBS has fall apart or something like that. So there could, there could be all of these things, but the point is, is that what do we do as a result of that? Yeah, we can't let discouragement or despair keep us to inactive or faithless. So when you get down, when these things happen, because guess what, guys? It's life. It's life. You're going to be discouraged. You're going to be disappointed. But when, when you are, you can't let yourself quit. You can't let yourself be faithless to do what God has called and created you to do. And that, that those faithfulness, faithlessness and uh, inactivity can take several different looks. So, so guys, here's some tips on what to do and what not to do when you get discouraged and feeling to, you know, tempted to despair. So one thing is don't make spiritual excuses. Now, when we say that, we mean that excuses that we make that often fly under a overly spiritualized banner to seem like it's, uh, you know, well, you, you can't touch this. So like, for instance, you know, um, especially when it comes to the area of America, all, whenever something disappointing happens, people will always say, well, things are supposed to get worse and worse anyway. So what can you do? And again, that's a very fatalistic thing to say. You know, first off, that's also arguable. There's certain, you know, ways on how that looks and plays out in Scripture, the idea of things getting worse and worse. 
you know, uh, and, and so, but the idea is that there's nothing we can ever do anyway to change the fact that things are going to get worse. So it, it's not because we failed or not because anything we ever can do can change that. And I can say over the past few weeks and really over the past couple of years, but especially the past few weeks, I've been really kind of discouraged, uh, well, discouraged is not the right word, saddened is more like the word, uh, about this attitude that a lot of people who are even invested in the Great Commission and Great Commandment, they seem to have shaken the dust off of their feet when it comes to America. You know, they believe America to be a lost cause, that we're undeserving of mercy, and we've allowed our discu- ourselves to get disgusted and frustrated to the point where we now have cold hearts towards our nation and a, and a sense of complacency. We talked about this in our previous podcast, Is It Too Late for America? Change Our Expectation. And so we need to. We need to realize that these things are lies. They're not true. You know, mm-hmm. it's not too late for America. And certainly, you know, uh, to, to sit there and act like the people of our country is simply are just so undeserving that... I mean, we were lost at one time too. Who are we to say that these that people are undeserving of our of our reaching out to them and our efforts? I mean, Jesus left the ninety nine to find the one. He isn't just saying, "Oh, this person's more deserving of my love or the or the other." So we need to make sure that we are pouring our hearts in and believing that America is not only worthy to be sought, but that. Things and wonderful things can happen. Yeah, I think that that another another excuse. So not only do we have the excuse of oh, it's only going to get worse. We all know how this story ends. But another one, another spiritual excuse that people throw out there is that I'm not responsible for the results. Oh, it's in God's hands. God's the one that did it, and we end up blaming Him for a lot of our inactivity or even our unrighteousness and, or, uh, and those or kind of things. Ineffective methods or ineffective methods. Or like, right. oh, well, if if God wanted that person and saved, he would have saved them. Not, man, I was a jerk when I was sharing the gospel to them, and my, my method of presentation was either off-putting because of the way I delivered it, or off-putting because it wasn't the right methodology in the first place. It's not God's fault, that's mine. Right, right. So we, we have a tendency then to, and related to this, is to play the blame game. You know, we want to blame mm. you know, other people. We want to blame the receptiveness of the people we're dealing with. We want to blame the the methods that and the the methods we didn't actually try like which is interesting right. people have a tendency to overlook the fact that perhaps the things that we're doing really aren't effective in the first place but yet you know when whenever you know they're trying to learn a new method and it doesn't turn out perfect within the first couple of months they bl- oh well then maybe this is not the one that God wants me to do or something and so they just so instead of just sticking to it and keeping on going well bail you know and and try something different so we want to we want to play the blame game we don't want to point the fingers at ourselves as perhaps the reason for this I think another one that comes up a lot is that maybe God doesn't want me to do this, whatever this is, because because I somehow ran up against this wall, because I somehow got discouraged this one time. We just sit there and say, oh, God doesn't want me to do this. So we get that sometimes when in charismatic circles in particular, they'll say things like, well, if God's in it, 
then everything will work out. Or if God's in it, then the money will be there. And and in this case, you know, sometimes the money isn't there. If, if my father had allowed that mentality to creep into his mindset, we would have never seen a movement among the Bhojpuri. It was realizing that God had called him to do what he did, no matter what and how hard it got, that kept him pushing through until they saw a breakthrough. And we have to keep seeing that, like, if we're, if we're engaging people in the United States and we're trying to change things and we're trying to see God's kingdom come, we're going to face obstacles. We're going to face, you know, a, a lot of hard times, but we have to persevere in the face of those obstacles if we want to break through to see things as they should be. So the la- the last one we wanted to share is for <clears throat> at least today is my special gift must be must not be blank. So in other words, I I must not you know prayer must not be my ministry or you know I, I must be better at reaching you know help discipling saved people and not you know mm-hmm. um, reaching lost people. Evangelism may just not be my thing. You know, or something like that, and and obviously, well, apparently not obviously, because a lot of people still do this. But you know, God commands all of us to pray and to and to be participate in prayer with other people. He He has commanded all of us to be a part of the Great Commission and to make disciples. And so, therefore, you know, to say that it isn't your special gift, you don't have to have a special gift. It just means you need to get better at it. You need to work right. at it. You need to actually determine. Some sometimes it's just determining to actually do it consistently. So, guys, what's a what's the next step? Uh, so, don't make spiritual excuses. The next thing is raise prayer and self examine. So sometimes, guys, you know we can do all the right things, but we didn't raise enough prayer to counteract the spiritual warfare that would go along with the work that we're doing. And so we need to make sure that we are raising prayer for our country. When If we're headed for a disappointment or disappointments over the next four years, which undoubtedly we are, you know, either way, we need to realize we're going to need to raise prayer. You know, we like to raise large amounts of prayer for when an election happens. Let's fast and pray, everybody. But then as soon as the election's over, it's, oh, drop all this met this initiative for praying let's keep it up guys let's mm-hmm. make it get, become more and more intense because we want and not give up until we see a movement of god happen here in our nation yeah and as we raise prayer and as we self examine we're going to we're going to identify some things that we did that did not contribute to us seeing God's kingdom come and his will being done wherever we are. And so in that moment the next thing we have to do is determine to do things differently. There's right. that saying that right that says that <laughs> that you can't that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing twice and expecting different results. Exactly. And yeah. and so and so we can't we can't do that. We've got to sit there and examine what we're doing and then going, hmm, that didn't work or it didn't work the way I thought it would. What do I need to do to make it better? And if we, and, in, and then in the process of making it better, we, we identify the very next thing, which is take the next step. Right. So you're going to, you're going to examine what you've done. You're going to realize that some of what you did was great. Some of it needed to be fixed. Some of it needed to be scrubbed whatsoever and replaced with other things. And then once you've done that, you go, Hmm, this is my next step. So that leads to, to an important question here is to sit there and say the day after election day, after you've prayed and you've examined, 
what is your next step? What, what is it that you're supposed to be doing? Your next step doesn't begin the next election. Or the next election season. Or the next election season. Your next step begins the day after election. November when, 4th. November 4th. So. And, uh, and, 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 that's, and, and that only happens. It's only going to be effective if we take stock, if we talk to the Lord about what we've done, as we listen to him talk about, you know, speak into what we've done, and we identify those next personal steps, then we can begin making a difference. And, and in our podcast, It's a Too Late for America, we talk about changing an approach. So I would encourage you to go back and listen to that, and we'll briefly touch on that again in just a moment. But let's move on to the next thing. So we, so how do we, how do we respond when it comes to disappointment? But also, what, how do we respond with success? So mm-hmm. I don't know, guys. Tomorrow, there may be a lot of people who are very happy. Actually, there probably is going to be some definite people who are, who are happy. Uh, well, what are you going to do with that? You know, a lot of times they say that sometimes it's more dangerous to succeed than it is to fail. That's right. When in it fact, comes when to I was, growth. Yeah. In fact, when I was running a homeless shelter and recovery center, one of the one of the things that could lead an alcoholic to relapse faster than failure was success, because they would let their guard down. And then, and then they would have the crash of, from, from incredible success, and then they would relapse almost every time. And so we have to be really, really careful even with success. Because really, guys, in the end, what happens is that whenever we have this th- thrill of, of success, then we have a tendency that for Satan to tempt us to get complacent. Mm-hmm. To basically sit back and say, hey, I did something really cool or something really cool happened. Now I can just go off and basically ride on that success, depend upon that success for a while. And obviously, again, in a lot of our elections, if our guy won, we have a tendency to just kind of kick up our feet and go back to life, enjoy our holidays, and just go back to life as normal. And guys, if, if 2020 hasn't showed us anything we need to realize God doesn't want us to return to life as we've lived it up until yeah. this point. He wants us to live life differently. Yeah, you know that I'm a huge fan of the Navy SEALs, and two of the phrases that I've gotten from all the years of looking at, of watching them and reading books written by different Navy SEALs are two phrases. One is, you can't rest on your laurels. So you can't sit there and take your past successes and allow them to define your future. You have to instead strive every single day. And, uh, and that is, um, you know, and that's the other phrase that I like is that you have to earn your trident, which is a symbol of a Navy SEAL every day. So the same is true for us as believers. You know, we, we sit there and we have to serve God every day and we don't let up. We may have had a great day yesterday, but we can't allow yesterday to define our today. Every day is a new one. God's mercies are new every day. His spirit is upon us every day. And every day is a gift that we can use to bring him honor or bring shame upon the name of God. And so, you know, quite frankly, what we need to do is not let up. We have not arrived. We need to take the next step Mm -hmm. and get to work. You know, there's a, how this applies to disciple making. A lot of people will experience some initial success. Maybe their, their prayer calendar allowed them to be able to ignite some prayer excitement amongst their people. Or maybe uh, they had a great conversation with someone who doesn't know Jesus, or they had a great engagement and they'll use that as the thing that, and talk 
about it and like it's the one thing that has given them the pass to basically said, I've done my little success and they'll go around for a long time. It's like, hey, that was like three months ago. Don't you think that you need to do something different now? You know, and so, you know, we need to realize that these are just small steps in the big work that we need to be able to do in order to be able to see movement happen. So what are some simple tips before we move on to the third one? What are some simple tips tomorrow, guys, after the election? One is don't gloat. If you're guy one, mm-hmm. don't shove it down everybody's throat. In fact, that in the Bible, it even talks about don't overly rejoice over your enemy's defeat or else I'm going to basically take away some of the success from you. <laughs> like, you know, I'm going to make it to where it's not, not such a decisive victory anymore. I'm going to start letting them win because God does not rejoice in, in people's downfall, you know, and stuff like that. And so we have to, so don't gloat. The next thing is don't take your anger out on other people. So whether, actually, this is interesting. This will be whether you win or you lose. You could, you could have anger both ways. So guys, I understand you could be angry and frustrated and down, but do not take it out on other people. Yeah. Don't stop speaking the truth in love. Don't stop. Don't stop love. I mean, and it doesn't mean love doesn't mean keeping silent. No, it doesn't. In order to, in order to be quiet and and things like that. Instead, love means being able to speak the truth, regardless of the candidate that's in the office, whether it's your guy or not. Christians need to rise above and say, when something's wrong, we say it's wrong, and we point it out, and we bring people back. Then, after we point out the wrong, then we point out to what should be. And that's part of what we do. And that doesn't, it doesn't matter whether your guy's in or not, that, that we are mm-hmm. speakers of truth. We are peacemakers. And peacemakers doesn't mean that we're quiet about what is right and wrong. So the next thing is we need to roll up our sleeves and start serving. You mm-hmm. know, guys, what we talk about this in our podcast, our last podcast, is it too late for America? We need to change our approach. Uh, and I said it earlier in this podcast, we need to stop just quitting or going back to life as normal as soon as an election ends. We've got to roll up our sleeves and get to work. Because either way, I think our country, I think it's pretty clear to see there's a lot of people that don't know Jesus. There's a lot of brokenness and division and problems. People in need, we have got to get to to work on that. So what, and we need to make long-term plans in order to be able to do that. So what do we do? First one, you find your part or parts. So pick one or more of what we call the spheres of civilization and serve and engage in that area. So what do I mean by spheres of civilization? These are like education, business, government, media, you know, things like that. Obviously, you can also just in your own neighborhood and the people that you're in and about, but also in the different systems, it, like I just mentioned, you know, get involved in your local public school, uh, get involved in your city council, you know, do something to be able to do that. And the whole point is to reach the people and redeem the system. Yeah. Stop griping about the corruption in the system if you're not going to be willing to stand up and start volunteering or start engaging in that system and making it better. 
uh, that's something that, that we're supposed to do is to make things better. We're salt and light. And if we don't engage, then how can, how can we bring salt? How can we bring light into a place? But the problem is, is most Christians will sit down and we would rather complain from the couch like a uh, Monday night armchair quarterback of the Super Bowl <laughs> instead of actually getting involved and getting into the game. So after you find your particular part, you need to look to work with others. Now, I'm not just saying take along with you another person who will um, volunteer at the same place you do. I don't just mean that. I mean also work with people in other sectors. I was just listening to a school board, and uh, they said they were answering questions, and one of them were talk- was talking about the fact that education is not just about the school itself. It's about the community, that the different businesses and the people and everything all working together in order to be able to actually build up the next generation. And I totally agreed with her. On that particular Mm -hmm. point. So guys, this is the same way that a lot of times it's not just one thing. It's partnering with different aspects of society and people and organizations in order to solve a problem. That's right. And I think on the, on the heels of that one, it's not just working with others alone, but also empowering others to do their part. There's a lot of people these days that feel completely helpless mm-hmm. and they have an inab- and it feel an incredible inability to actually make a difference in the world today. They, they're completely vulnerable and it's leading to higher levels of depression and, uh, and, and problems with mental health throughout our nation. And one of the things that we can do is actually point out a road and invite our friends Friends, invite those around us to be involved in that, which then their action towards making a difference will actually help them overcome the depression that they have that comes when they feel hopeless and helpless to, to make a difference, to fashion a world uh, that is better for everyone. So the last tip that we have here is, is really a culmination of these. Seek the kingdom just as hard either way. The, pro- mm-hmm. the thing about dis- uh, disappo- disappointment and uh, and success is that one if if we react to them in, incorrectly one will cause us to shrink back in fear or despair and the other one will tell will make us sit back in complacency. Notice how both of those things cause you to remain inactive or to sit back or to not get out there, whether it's success or disappointment. So the point is to lean in, that instead of sitting back or shrinking back, we now lean in and say, let's make this a better place. Let's let's seek the kingdom. Let's see people come to know Jesus. Let's make our country a better place. So that leads us to the, we, we talked about what do you do with disappointment? What do you do with, with success? So that's the initial point. But, you know, what about the every day that starts happening mm-hmm. after the, the So what do you do with the mundane? I think that, that the big, one of the biggest things is that we can't, we can't let biz, everyday busyness distract us from the ultimate goal. Are we doing things? Are we busy about things that don't produce anything? You know, uh, I used to play lots of video games, and video games can be fun. But in excess, you realize that you just spent eight hours doing nothing to actually change the world. That you, you had all these accomplishments in this virtual video game and nothing to show for it in, in the real world. And so you filled the time up. You were busy. You may have had fun. It was diverting. 
but you change nothing. And I think that in America, whether it's video games or Netflix or whatever it may be, we fill our lives with the, with this busyness and we don't really do the things that are going to make a lasting difference. And you know, that's some of the more obvious things that we think about when it comes to, to our, our, our junk entertainment. But sometimes it can be things like the 10 billion festivals we get ourselves into and the parties or the 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 after school programs and the and the this ministry and that ministry where in the end they're just busyness they don't actually do anything and so mm-hmm. it's important as a disciple maker a person who wants to make disciples to do the things that actually lead to something else and quite frankly that stuff like praying with other people and then also being around and spending definite quality time with people that don't know Jesus. Those are the, if you're not doing either of those things, you're just involved in busyness. You're Mm -hmm. not going to actually get anywhere if you don't meaningfully engage people who don't know Jesus and you're not praying with believers and mobilizing more prayer to do that. So guys, you know, when we, we, our lives are built upon uh, you know, our whole life isn't election day or right. the two weeks before election. That's just a spike. The every In between, we have almost four years worth of the everyday mundane. But yet it takes every one of those days in order for us to be able to see change in our country. You know, in our, in our last podcast, is it too late? Change, uh, we talked about changing life goals. That was one of the the last points we had that we have to change our life goals, that our lives are not just about trying to make ourselves happy, trying to have a nice little clean, pristine life and, and, and everything. It's about building the kingdom. And so we need to think about this like a person who is striving for the prize, like we said at the beginning. Yeah, because like, like imagine this. You know, we I love you. I love the uh, Olympic at the Olympics, just like anybody else, right? And I love the fact that these guys, these men and women, go after the gold medal. But in order to truly pursue the gold, to become the best in the world, you have to you have to pursue it with a singular focus. Your entire life is structured around the activities that will help you win the gold medal. And I think that if our lives are about pursuing the kingdom of God, then they have to be structured. Entire life has to be structured around that one purpose. Uh, so, in fact, uh, I really love the Olympics. I, and the, the last summer Olympic, Olympics, they were having an interview with, uh, with one of the Olympic gold medals in gymnastics. And, uh, and they were talking with this girl and... She said, well, you know, my life is very different than the average young person's, you know, because when everyone got to go to the proms and the parties and all the different types of stuff, what was I doing? I was training. I was, you know, the the pizza and the, the junk that everyone else could eat. No, I can't eat that. I have to eat really good things because I have to be on tip-top condition. And guys, that's a, that's a reality is that these athletes... They, day in and day out, they take incredible discipline in order for them to be able to compete and to win this gold. And in the Bible, in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27, Paul even talks about that 
Every man that strives for mastery is temperate, in other words, disciplined in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. So, so much more guys that, you know, this may cause us to say, yeah, we're probably, we may not watch all the Netflix seasons that other people do. We not, we may not go on all the vacations that other people get to go on, or even, I hate to say it, or even mission trips that other people get to go on because we decided to stay behind and just simply invest our time differently uh, and, and the more local scene or in a different scene or in a different way. You know, we may miss certain parties or do something things differently because we are trying to see people come to know Jesus because we are dedicated and investing in our public schools or in our local schools or in um, helping others homeschool, whatever way that we're trying to do to make a difference to help people, we're trying to do that. Yeah, I think that all of this is to say that whether we whether we have uh, how we deal with with discouragement, how we deal with our success, how we deal with the mundane everyday things in life, you know, we need to have that mind that a champion has because they deal with all of those things too. Mm -hmm. You know, they have moments where they win and it's incredible, but then the next day they've got to get to work again because the, the next competition is on the horizon. They have days when they get totally discouraged because they failed and they've got to get up the next day and get better. And so we need Need to have that same mindset of a champion. Yeah, and, and in fact, uh, in preparation of of this, I actually just Googled the mindset of a champion just to see what they came up with, and uh, there was this one paragraph that came up as a part of this particular article by actually lifehack.org, how to have the mindset of a champion. It says, the mindset of a champion is flexible and strong. Champions harbor the ability to cope with setbacks and obstacles, but they also have the strong will to succeed and overcome any failures that come their way. It is their strong belief in themselves or a higher power that keeps them mentally adept and resilient. And that's exactly what a good disciple maker, what a person who is looking to make a difference does. They have to be willing to take it on the chin, to be able to, to have setbacks and say, okay, I'm going to keep up and keep on going. I may need to bob and weave. I may need to try to something different, but I am not going to give up because I believe God is with me and to empower me and wants to help me see this happen. That's right. A friend of ours, David Parrish, is a part of starting a movement in Honduras. And uh, my dad and I had the privilege of working with him right at the very beginning. And, and he and his team, if you could start a uh, movement through blood, sweat, and tears, he should have seen a thousand movements started because his team worked hard. Mm -hmm. But they hit their head against the wall time and time again. And my dad went out and I went in and we did an evaluation of training. And that training resulted in, in them having to make some shifts and some of the things that they were doing. And guess what? Over half of the people that were on his team didn't want to make those shifts. And so his team dropped down from 14 to six people. Mm -hmm. uh, and they began to work their way forward and trying to make things happen. And over the next few years, they started something like six to 800 groups. But then there was a revolution in Honduras and it caused their number of groups to drop down between two to 300. And so, and they just kept going and they kept going. And David Parrish, one time when I talked to him, I said, David, why do you keep going? And he says, well, I knew that 
that seeing people come to Jesus and making disciples that make disciples, that it was biblical. And because I knew it was biblical and God had called me to it, I knew that quitting was not an option. I refused to quit. And when we spoke to him last year, which was 14 years almost to the day that he had started the work in Honduras, started pursuing disciples, making disciples that make disciples, they were baptizing 40 people per day. Mm -hmm. At any step along the way, he could have quit. He could have walked away and no one would have blamed him. Mm -hmm. But because he hung in, he was able to see a movement of God that is now branching out into other neighboring countries and making an incredible difference. And it reminds me of Hebrews chapter 11. That is that a champion, these men and women of faith, they, they, they had this faith, this substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, that they knew in their lifetime that they weren't going to see it, but they strove for it anyway, setting us on the path of success because of their labors. And we just, we can't forget that. We can't forget that we are called to be a people of faith. We're called to see a world that is different than the world that we live in Mm -hmm. now. And we're called to see, to see as if it was actually happening in front of our eyes, what our world would look like if God's kingdom came and his will was done right in front of us as it is in heaven. And we're to strive for that every day of our life, regardless of who is in the White House, regardless of who has which party is in control or not, as followers of Christ, we have a singular purpose, and that is to see God glorified and his kingdom come. You know, this also reminds me of Galatians 6, 9, where it says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And, you know, guys, I understand by the time you're listening to this, you could be experiencing humongous disappointment and reality of what some of the things that may happen in our country or might be happening in our country um, by the time you're listening to this. But we can change that. God can mm-hmm. change that. So let's pray, seek his face, turn from our wicked ways. And that's really what how we're going to be able to see healing happen in our land because God's going to bring it. That's right. I'm Paul Watson. This is Rebecca Ewing. You've been listening to the CDM podcast. Like, share, five-star rate, review this podcast. Help us get the word out. Thank you for supporting us, for those of you that support us at $5 a month. And, And until we get to see you again, go and make disciples. Thanks for listening to the CDM podcast and for supporting us on Patreon. For coaching or other resources, connect with us at ContagiousDiscipleMaking.com. Join us in the journey of becoming world-changing disciple-makers.